Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Everything's good. And is it, I like, I'm hearing like 20-foot snowbanks outside the... What the hell? And, and, you know, are you still paying those kids to shovel your cars out and everything? They're like in my will now. Are you kidding me? <laughs> nice. I mean, we voted them MVP this winter. I mean, these guys, they come in and, and, and it's just, it's yeah, thank you very much. And 20 foot, are you kidding me? They're way beyond 20 foot. You, you just can't even believe the snow up here. It's, it's like nothing that I've ever seen. And we've been coming up here forever, you know. And, you know, we had a cabin up in uh, Soda Springs for like, you know, 12 years and and there were times when, you know, we had a, uh, an A-frame, which was three stories, and we'd see the, the drifts of snow come up and cover the window of the master bedroom uh, on the third floor. So, you know, wow. how high is that? But it, it, nothing compares to this winter. This, this winter just doesn't stop. It just keeps coming. No, it's, it's, we're going to get the same thing with the atmospheric river down here, too. So, uh, anyway, we need baseball. We need sunshine. And Arizona's been golden, too, so hopefully it's going to turn the corner down there. Uh, and let's get into it, Mike. Over the weekend, a couple more games. Nothing really dramatic. They're staying healthy, which is most important. Uh, we talked to Susan Slusher yesterday, and we said, you know, it's been a few weeks now. What's the story of camp? And she said, really? She still thinks the catcher competition, Mike, is 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 the number one story for her. Oh, I agree. I, I 100% agree. And I love what what uh, Gabe Kapler did, uh, like, the first day. He told Joy Barr, you got nothing. You got to earn it. And uh, so and I think that's just... That's what you have to do. This is the big leagues, you know. You don't you don't just get given jobs. You have to earn them, and uh, and and that's the greatest thing that that Gabe Kapler could have done to Joy Bart. That takes away all the distraction. Number one, it ticked them off. Perfect. Go out there and prove to everybody that you need to be the number one guy. And there's not one time in his career where he has not ever thought that he was going to be the number one guy. I think it has been a very difficult journey for him for uh, you know the simple reason he had to follow his idol. Tough when Buster Posey's your guy, and all of a sudden you're suiting up next to him, and you have to try and be like him or do as well as him. That's a tough assignment. But anyway, I mean, look, I think one by one he's been putting the ghost back in the closet, and uh, and he's you know off to a great start. So, um, but the other guys who are coming in that are pushing him, I mean, that's that's what the big leagues are all about. It's about competition. It's about people who could take your job. You, you have to feel pressed if you want to maximize your talent. And uh, and I think it's happening this spring. So it you know, it continues to be just a tremendous story. Austin wins, Blake Sable, uh, and of course uh, Roberto Perez, who got huge praise from Alex Cobb the other day. Did you see those Cobb quotes, Mike, on Perez? He really went on and on about how he's the best he's thrown to. I'm wondering is they sending a message there? Mm. Well, yeah, absolutely. But that's an old pitcher talking about an old catcher, and you know, and that's a special relationship. By the time you get out there and, and have pitched 10, 12 years professional baseball, you want a guy back there that knows what the hell he's doing. The guy that can help you get pitches, help you have a relationship with that umpire, argue for you, and uh, and control the tempo. I mean, those things are so are so valuable. I mean, look, Cobb's going to call his game. Ideally, you like to have a guy back there that knows you so well that he'll call a game that you really don't have to think with. But in the end, I mean, you're still, it's your baseball card that that 
that that's, that pitch is going on. I mean, whatever happens to that pitch is, has a chance to to go on your card. So, you know, you have the final say-so on it, but, you know, not a surprise that an old pitcher is applauding a, an old catcher. Alex Cobb, by the way, just we did, when Sean Estes and I did those shows, he was maybe the most interesting guy we talked to. Really, really interesting and thoughtful dude on uh, – Mike, we never followed up with you on this. He was talking about the sticky stuff still being used last year, even with the crackdown. They found some new spots to hide it. He apparently. said, Mike, yeah. said he, he heard people were hiding it in their teeth. That's crazy. Can you believe that? Yeah, I do. I believe it. Are you kidding me? Teeth. It's like, why, why wouldn't I? This is baseball. <laughs> Guys have been looking for an edge for, you know, what? Well, I mean, for 150 years. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is never going to go away, ever. And, uh, you know, and they're going to go until, but yeah, but here's the thing. Somebody will figure it out and then they tell somebody and then they tell somebody and then pretty soon it's all around baseball. And then all of a sudden it's gone. There's guys out there now who have, who, who have kind of figured out, I can't tell anybody this, this is too good. <laughs> and that's just what you do. I mean, they, you know, to the point now where, yeah, they're always going to have stick them. You know, I mean, to me, why wouldn't you just put it on your zipper? <laughs> well, they did. Nobody's going to check your hey, zipper in front of a Mike, crowd. Alex Cobb said the other place was below the belt. For real, he actually said yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> easy peasy. <laughs> yeah, because they're not. There's fucking umpire in the world that's going to check your zipper. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> wow, man. Anyway, it's uh, it, it's kind of nutty, and uh, and I thought we'd run that by you. By the way, uh, now that we've had a couple more weekends or games, any more thoughts on the clock? I heard FP last night. I was driving at night. Got to hear FP. He does a great job. And he says he still feels rushed. He says it feels rushed to me. And it was a strong take from FP. And he said, maybe I'll get used to it, but not yet. Um, where are you? Um, I love it. I mean, I, I just think, okay, <laughs> you're rushed. <laughs> Deal with it. Learn how not to be rushed. Nice. This is what this spring training is all about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we've heard nothing. I remember, they go back in. This whole study included 8,000, over 8,000 minor league games. So they've done their homework on this. And the minor league games were a second faster on both both ends. Uh, they were at, they were at 14 seconds with nobody on, 19 seconds with a man on base. So they dealt with it, and they all raved about it, and it became it became a non-story. And now the big leagues, you know, they have 15 seconds, they have 20 seconds, a little bit longer. Just deal with it, get used to it. And I love the stance that the that the big leagues has had about this. Uh, we're not changing. It's hard. It's etched in the stand. In the sand, it's not going anywhere. The rule's here. So don't expect us to tweak this thing. And if there's a tweak, it's going to happen at the end of the year. There's not going to be a midseason tweak. I don't think so. Um, but I, th- I love it. I love everything about it. I love everything about the, the new rule regarding the, uh, the shifts. I, I just think that, that, that we're getting our game back. And, you know, that's an old, that's an old player's opinion. Yeah. It's really, I take that for what it's worth. But, but I, I love what, they're, what they've done with our game. I'm with you too, and, and and I'm excited. I'm excited, like I said to you last week. Excited to see it in a real game come come April at at Oracle Park. What's interesting, Mike, is can we call it old school baseball? The World Baseball Classic will not be using the pitch clock and has not banned shifts. So, Mike, we're going to call this old school, old school baseball. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But you know what? I mean, they they can't. I mean, they started the tournament in 2022 when the new rules have not been put into effect. And uh, so I think they had the responsibility um, to maintain the the rules that they started with in, at the beginning of the tournament. So not a big surprise there. But um, I'm really looking forward to the WBC. I, I love what they've done, and as to how they've aligned it with the uh, 
with the uh, the way you get guys ready to the regular season. Uh, the rules, you know, that you know you can't if you throw fifty pitches, you got to wait, uh, and you can't throw another pitch for four days, or at least on the next, you know, huh. four days from when you threw really? it. So yeah, and they, so I think that they've you know went into this and they've, they've designed this format with the idea that they want to maintain uh, guys and and not overextend them, not hurt them as they go into the season. Which look, that was the that was the that was the concern when they originally started this thing. What what was the first year like two thousand nine or whatever it was? Good question. Um, yeah, I, I was really I raised an eyebrow when they started this whole thing, simply because I was concerned about how guys are going to get in there, you know, and and look. Spring training, like the first outing you get, you haven't thrown an extended pitch. You haven't. I don't care how much BP you throw and how much live whatever you throw. It doesn't count until you get into a game. And when you get into a game, you extend. And then you put people in the stands. I mean, you extend even farther. And uh, and that's when you're susceptible to an injury. And I thought that when you have the WBC with so much on it, you're representing your country, guys are going to extend too early in, in their spring. And what they've done now and the way that they uh, um, have protected these players, I think is really very responsible. And I think that uh, it has encouraged more guys to, uh, to partake, and that, which is what you want. You want the best players to be involved with it. And I think this is the best, I think this is the best uh, display of, of talent and committed great players that we've ever seen in this tournament. So I'm really looking forward to it. I agree. I'm totally excited. And, and by the way, if you need it, it's tonight, 8 o'clock, Netherlands, Cuba. And I think the Netherlands manager is Bam Bam Mullins. Bam Bam. How about that, Mike? Yeah, yeah, Bam Bam. And, and I mean, I, the, the last tournament that they had was, what, six years ago? Yeah, it was 2017. Well, I, I mean, I, all of us who watched the way that, that Bam Bam handled uh, that team and the way he managed it, we all thought, well, he's, he's a lock. Yeah. This guy's going to be managing. Plus, we knew him firsthand. And uh, and the fact that he's never been a big league manager has absolutely uh, – I, I, I will not understand that. So I wish him well. And that, and that right away is going to be a good good game because it's two good teams and a lot of talent on both those clubs. So a great game to kick it off with. And good luck to – to Bam Bam. He's, he's as good a guy as I've ever met in the game. That's cool. By the way, just to get people excited, um, Team USA versus the Giants on Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. I think Javi and Dwayne are doing that game, right, Mike? Is that right? I don't know if you need Yes, to... that's yeah, the yeah. that's that's what I've heard. Yeah, and yeah. Kife's down there uh, now. He went in yesterday. He's okay. excited about it. Yeah. And, and then, that's just an exhibition, though. And then, so tomorrow morning, 3 a.m., Waterboys for you, Panama, Chinese Taipei, Taipei at 3 a.m. You get some of that. And then Wednesday night, it goes again. Australia, Korea at 7, Panama, Netherlands at 8, China, Japan at 2 a.m. So, Mike, you ready to stay up? Have you told Jennifer I'm up? At, don't don't worry if there's a blue glow at 2 a.m. I'm just watching China and Japan play baseball. No, I, I, I don't know about that. I, I think I may sleep through that. <laughs> yeah, you might. You know, I may check in when I get up my midnight pee, but that's about it. You know? <laughs> All right, we'll go with a midnight pee check is what we'll go with, man. Anyway, it is exciting, and it'll get us going. By the way, just for your history, you asked when it started. I had to look it up. started in 06. Japan beat Cuba at Petco for the championship. 09, Japan beat South Korea at Dodger Stadium. So Japan won the first two. Then 2013, Dominican Republic beat Puerto Rico right here in the city, right here at AT AT&T Park. And then in 2017 at Dodger Stadium, hey, the good old USA, we beat Puerto Rico to win the championship. So you've had two Japans, one Dominican, and one U.S. You want to make a call, Mike? Man, it's tough. I mean, there's some really good teams, but I'm absolutely going to go with the U.S. I think the Dominican are are insanely good. Uh, Puerto Rico's great. I mean, all the teams from the Caribbean, including Panama and Colombia, they're really good teams. So I, I think that uh, 
that uh, well, I hope I hope the the the, uh, the U.S. has the same. Uh, luck that they had six years ago. You know, you talked to Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey about that experience, and they just couldn't talk enough about it. They loved it. It was so much fun, you know. And uh, and then you you get some of the 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 other clubs, you know, like for the teams out, out of the, the Caribbean. I mean, like Team Puerto Rico, they were like having more fun than anybody. Yeah. They they were having. I mean, the way that they traveled, they they had some fan that they put on the bus and the plane, he became the bartender of the team just <laughs> randomly. I mean, they, they just had a hoot and everybody dyed their hairs. I mean, this is the, it, it, everybody goes back to college baseball, the whole mentality. I mean, it's it, it just, it's just a fun, it's a hoot and it's just great for the game. And I, another reason, like, you know, I, I'm sorry that we haven't seen it for six years because it really is fun. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kumal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real, because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. I agree, and I'm really excited, too. By the way, people didn't know about the U.S. team, just to bone up. Manager, Mark DeRosa, Forever Giant. Very nice. How about that? Yeah. Uh, some of the names, uh, the catchers, JT Real Muto and Will Smith and Kyle Higashoka from the Yankees. Pete Alonso, Tim Anderson, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldsmith, Trey Turner, Bobby Witt Jr., Mookie Betts, Jeff McNeil, Cedric Mullins, Kyle Schwarber, Mike Trout, Kyle Tucker, and some of the pitchers, I mean, I'll just throw out a few. I mean, Clayton Kershaw is going to be there, and Adam no, w- oh no, no, Kershaw's not. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the roster. This is an old roster. He he backed out, huh? Yeah, it, it, they couldn't insure it, and uh, so I mean, he, he was really disappointed about it. But okay, yeah. he's he's not there. Actually, Mike, I'm looking at the pitchers. There's not a Jason Adam of the Rays, Daniel Bard of the Rockies, David Bednar of the Pirates. I think that's the brother of the Giants' first rounder, Will Bednar. Nestor Cortez of the Yankees, Kendall Graveman of the White Sox, Merrill Kelly of the D-backs, Lance Lynn of the White Sox, Miles Mikolas of the Cardinals, Adam Adovino of the Mets, Ryan Presley of the Astros, Brooks Raley of the Mets, Brady Singer of the Royals, Adam Wainwright of the Cardinals, and Devin Williams of the Brewers. Not ex- There's not, I mean, there's a nice pitchers, but there's no monster, monster, monster guys like Scherzer or Verlander. Um, or Alcantara with uh, the Dominican team. Um, but, you know, I, I think in this format, an ace... Really, I don't think you have the same responsibility of an ace that you do with um, with an ace in, in the postseason of a regular season, yeah. simply because of the pitch count. They're not allowed to go long. So it really right. becomes a bullpen game, and I think that's what you look at. And uh, I think the list of arms that the uh, the U.S. are bringing in, I mean, they're more than capable of throwing up nine zeros. they got a lot of good arms. And the other thing, too, about the U.S. team, their defense is insane. You know, so pitching and defense, strike throwers, that's going to keep you in every game. Tried and true, tried and true. All right, before we let you go, hey, one dark moment in baseball yesterday was Justin Turner got hit in the face 
you hate to see it, 16 stitches, and you wonder. And it's funny because Susan Slusser has a story this morning in the Chronicle on Mitch Haniger. He, too, was hit in the face, and it derailed him for a while. So it's that dark fear, Mike, that everybody has to push out of their head, huh? That's the one black cloud, and nobody talks about it. And then, uh, you know, I watched it happen yesterday. Oh. Uh, or what was it? Was it yesterday or two days ago? Uh, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday, yeah. And I'm watching this thing, and I was like, oh, my God. It was a face shot. You could tell. And, and, and it just, I got sick. And my wife comes in, what happened? I go, Turner just got hit in the face. And, and it, it affected her the same way it affected me. It's just the black cloud. And it's, you know, the, the, the one thing that every player has to deal with. And every player has been hit in the head. I don't know if every player has been hit in the face. But, you know, it, it comes to that point where can they get back in? Can they get back in and... We've seen guys to where they can't get back in. We've seen guys flinch once they get hit, and they're done. And it's just uh, one of the really awful things about our game. And uh, and I wish him the best. I mean, there's no better guy on the planet than him. He's a good guy. And uh, I know he's hard to root for because he was wearing a Dodger uniform for a long time. A little bit easier now that he's a Red Sox player, but, God, I wish him the best. Yeah, I do too. Let's not end it on that bad note. Just a little bit on Hanniger. The story Susan wrote's really good. I didn't realize he was such a workout fanatic and a and a prep fanatic. Some of the things she said is he eats no processed foods. Everything's organic. Uh, he carefully sources his protein, and he minimum minimum eight hours of sleep a night. He likes ten. He has no bright lights on in the evening at home. Ooh, nice. And no meals three hours before bed. He's serious. Yeah. I mean, Mike. That's a commitment. I think back in the day when you were rooming with Tug McGraw, you guys weren't really you guys weren't following that, were you? Yeah. No, we we followed the turn the lights down uh, at ten o'clock. I mean, I I thought that was <laughs> yeah, that that's good. But Hanniger's a Cal Poly guy. He started through <laughs> the Harvard of the West, right? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. Well, always great catching up. So and... you didn't even talk about John Miller. Oh well, you mean about the Diamondback thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know we what? Did. You know why? You know yeah. why I didn't bring it up? Because oh. Shana Dom emailed me and said that John apologized for it because the Diamondbacks came in and gave him all the information he wanted. So I guess she wanted me to snuff it out. Well, John snuffed it out when he apologized for it. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But you have to know this about John. And we all love this guy to the core. He is an absolute perfectionist. And when he comes into that booth, he assumes that everybody that is involved in that broadcast is going to be a big leaguer. Yeah. He's assuming that everything is going to be there. And I mean, I've been there when media guys haven't been there, when, when uh, stats haven't been there on time. And it really, uh, he gets upset. I mean, he wants everything to complement the, the vibe that, that surrounds that game. And, you know, he's a complete stickler to how names are pronounced, to how uh, the information that he puts out per, per player, per team, per city, everything has an accuracy that he feels devoutly uh, responsible for. And, uh, you know, I, and we've seen this happen. And it was a perfect storm, you know, split game. They had a young PR guy there who never came in and, and touched base with him. It, just the whole thing. But, I mean, you know, he, he made a mistake, and he, he apologized for it. Um, but it, it wasn't a surprise to any of us that no John. I mean, he truly is the most professional player, or I should call him a player. I mean, he's, he's a big a part of the team as he is, but he's the most professional guy that I've ever been around. Well, Mike, to your point, I mean, everybody can learn from that. It's like everybody, whether we're here at KNBR doing the morning show or whether it's, you know, whatever person's driving to work right now, have a standard. And John 
the reason why John got to where he's got, because he holds everyone to that standard. Well, and he loves the history of the game. He studies the history of the game. John is our storyteller. And, uh, and he knows the history of the Giants better than anybody. I mean, he, he lived it as a child. I mean, and he was, uh, he was so intrigued and inspired by it. And, and that carried on to the other teams. So he, his responsibility to the history of the game is really what motivates him. And it's what's made him a Hall of Fame broadcaster. So, I mean, it, it winds up being an unfortunate event. But, uh, you know, he called the PR director. He had a direct conversation with her. And uh, we all agreed to move on. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, in the end, I think if you're a young intern or if you're a young member of a PR team, you know, you need to find out what the rules are. You need to find out what is truly needed. You know, it's funny because the day before, the Giants were in Chicago at Sloan Park, and they are playing the Cubs. And uh, the PR person who was new, who they didn't know, came in and spent about 20 minutes with, with John and Dwayne. And, and uh, you know, they were going over name pronunciations. He had all the information that they needed. Because, look, a lot of teams don't have their, their media guides. A lot of teams aren't even printing media guides now. You, wow. you go online. You use them through your iPad or whatever your your, your tablet is. And, right. and uh, so, I mean, it, it's really changed from where it was just three years ago. I mean, everything is, uh, you know, they're not, they've eliminated the expense of the media guide. Um, the, the one that's in your hand, the, the traditional one. Yeah. Um, but the fact that this guy came in and, and answered all the questions, and John, once he gets going, I mean, he's going to ask a ton of questions. He just is, John being John. He wants to be ready. And that really was uh, the, the whole thing that upset him. Yeah, it's wild, man. And, uh, it, 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 you know, you got to be on your toes, baby. And, and I love that. That's great about John. It's an inspiration to all of us, too. So, all right, Mike, great stuff. By the time we talk to you Thursday, hey, we talk to you Thursday morning, we'll have come off a Giants TV game. With Dwayne and Javi, so it's all good, right? I can't wait. <laughs> all right. All right, you hunker down, you watch some baseball tonight, and we'll talk to you Thursday. Head a bit. There he is, Mike Kruko, every Tuesday and Thursday, and then pretty soon every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Somebody recently just said they just love Kruk on the radio. I was like, yeah, join the club, get in line. Take a line at the, at the uh, probably, what's my deli on Columbus, uh, Molinari? Molinari's, yeah. Head yeah, over yeah. there after the show. Best time to go, really, because you can get street parking that time of day. I'd say after 1130, now you got your hands full looking for a spot. How do you feel about taking a, uh, that? Do you, when you go to a deli, do you take that little tag, or do you look around and nah, be like, people see, aren't obeying the tag, so I'm just going to go crash Murph, the thing. you know what? Let me get my applause yeah, ready, because yeah, yeah, you're, so. you're, you're touching on a key element of where society breaks down. I've been through this a lot, dude. I'm the regular guy, because I go to the deli. I got like over here at United Markets. Give me the roast beef. Give me the fresh turkey. Let's talk business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got my number, and then here comes the lady with yeah, no number. No number. Well, I was next. Oh, yeah. Well, let me see. What do you got? Where's your number? Because I got seventeen, and the guy after me is What's eighteen. Your number? Where's your number? Yeah, oh, I don't have one, but oh, I was yeah, here. Yeah, well, yeah, see, oh, there's really? a number system. Oh, were you? There's a number system. See how I'm getting upset? <laughs> this is what they try to do more because they try to roll up after I paid my dues. Where this boy. guy in front of me's got to taste every. Fr- let me taste this salami. Let me try we're the dry salami. To have Where's a the Genoa? Society. That's here. the breakdown. Right. And then they come in with no number, and Polly Max over here paying his tax is waiting in line, holding 17. I want my roast beef. I want my turkey. And now I got like this vagrant rolling in going, I'm next. Hey, if I go, it, I don't think so. Let's put it this way. Sorry. If you've been with, us, upset. If you've been with us since 6 a.m. <laughs> I you, don't think so. You know who takes a number at a deli? Devin from Reno. He takes a number at the deli. All right. <laughs> Water, will you take a number at the deli? Oh, dude, if they're putting out you numbers, take I'm number. taking a number. Take you, a damn number. You always have to look at the now serving, too, to make sure that they are up to speed. Like, so like if you, now the screen, that's another breakdown. So if you pull 17 
And it says now serving sixty five. You're like, where's my? Re- yeah, they never even put really my number doing, up there. They're <laughs> not really doing <laughs> no, this. See, it's all out of whack. And, and what about, by the way, the act of returning your number to that little basket when you're served? You know what I mean? Just a little basket. I have for the, the courtesy number. to do that. <laughs> I do. I have a courtesy to do. I get the system. Take yeah. a number. Yeah. You're next. We're in line. And then the people coming over the top. You know what I'm doing now at the fabulous Mill Valley Market deli sandwiches? I, I order online. So I walk in and there's like seven people milling around, angry about their numbers. And I reach over them and just pluck mine out of the basket. All right, see now, Murph. Let's get into like the. I'm playing chess, water Maybe the most power move. (laughs) I'm talking. This is going to be some taboo. S. I'm about to wander into, but Murph, there always is that option out there of grocery delivery, or they bring them to your house. But I can't do that. Two words: death wish. (laughs) That's what started the whole thing. I got Bronson. Yes, dude. They, the reason those guys got in to attack the families because they were they were like oh, pseudo. Yes, I didn't know they were grocery delivery. Groceries, guys. ma'am. That's what the guy oh, says. Goldblum and his guys. Oh man, one of those guys is Goldblum, and yeah, they're outside is. the door, and the lady looks in because they're very Oof. wealthy. They live uptown. These huge hey, penthouse. Hey, mother. Yeah. Oh, bro. Yeah, see, I'm yeah, getting I'm yeah, getting yeah, up tight yeah. right now. You ever see Death Wish, Waterboy? But that's how Charles they got in the Bronson, house. Uh, tragedy. The tragic start to the movie. Yeah. Where he uh, he loses close members of his family to vigilantes, and he. Or to to uh, to really criminals, murderers, and Bronson takes takes it into his own hands. He hits the streets on his own. He, he goes not, full vigilante. He does not rely on the uh, he does not rely on law enforcement. He relies on himself. Dude, Bronson, right, rugged Bronson, individual. Bronson wasn't cut out for twenty twenty three. And the sensitivity of this era. Bronson was going out there handling us. Uh, all right. By the way, 805 says, Paul, you need to throw some elbows. Well, so I'd rather not. Too. I'm just trying to obey the system. Says, this is not nom. There is rules. <laughs> you know what I'm there saying? There are rules. And somebody else Where said, do you get your turkey? Vietnam? 925 you know says, rolling up like a vagrant without a number is the quote of the morning. Well, it's a right, true so story now. So I'm so telling you what go. I deal with. Uh, you are listening to KMBR on KMBR FM San Francisco, the sports leader, Cumulus Media Station, top six sports stories and cooler content. You are informed next. Kind of busy, actually, top six on Tuesday, March 7, 2023. Esports Leader. Welcome to Talkville. The ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby at the whole school. Yeah, I hurt me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created this show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.